0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better
1: habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, December 15th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis is calling on a nearly 40-year law enforcement veteran with no ties to the city to lead the police department. Police
0: work is a noble profession. It's my calling. It's what I love to do.
1: The announcement marks the first time in the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department's 214-year history that an outsider has been named chief. The incoming top officer comes with big city police experience and is leaving a similar job in Wilmington, Delaware. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lipman reports.
0: Robert Tracy started his law enforcement career in the New York Police Department in 1984, eventually rising to the rank of captain. He was also commander in Chicago before being named chief of the Wilmington Police Department in 2017. While in Delaware, Tracy oversaw a sharp reduction in crime and detectives were able to solve more homicides. He says he wanted to leave Wilmington while things were going
2: well. Why St. Louis? I I think of a time and an opportunity for a city that I did my reading. I saw how much hope and there's a lot of places that I could have applied to.
1: And this is the only place I did.
0: His first day on the job is January 9th. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: St. Louis Police Officers Association Business Manager Joe Steiger says bringing in an outsider could provide a fresh perspective.
0: But at the same time, I think it sends a bad message to some of the commanders on the department that there's not an upward mobility for them within the department to achieve that highest rank when they start going outside.
1: The Association and the Ethical Society of Police, which advocates for officers of color, say they would have preferred a more transparent search process. In other news, a St. Louis All-Boys Catholic School, the archdiocese plans to close at the end of the academic year, will remain open. As St. Louis Public Radio's Mark Degon reports, plans to save St. Mary's High School will be revealed today.
0: Since the St. Louis Archdiocese said in September that it would close St. Mary's, school leaders and alumni have been raising money to keep it in operation. They've already raised more than $3 million, and now they have a deal with the Archdiocese to continue to operate St. Mary's as an independent Catholic school. As part of that deal, the Archdiocese will transfer authority for the school to a new sponsor, and leaders of the effort say St. Mary's will get a new name. Supporters of the all-girls Rosati Kane Academy are also working on a plan to operate that school independently. I'm Mark Degon, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Students in the Independence School District will only be in class four days a week next year. Jody Fortino reports that school board approved the plan this week.
2: The district
0: said hoped the shorter week would help attract and keep more teachers. Shelly Lauber, a teacher at Truman High School, said she supports the four-day week because the pandemic made her realize how valuable time is.
2: After a three-day weekend, I have a totally different
0: viewpoint going back to school than I do after a regular two-day weekend. I feel ready to see my kids again. With nearly 14,000 students, Independence is the largest district in Missouri to make the switch to a four-day week. I'm Jody Fortino.
1: Madison County has emerged as a priority for Illinois residents who want to secede from Chicago's political influence. But experts say splitting up the state is highly unlikely. Southern Illinois University Carbondale political scientist John Jackson says the state legislature and U.S. Congress would need to approve any such move.
2: The U.S. Congress is just not going to do this. They're not going to start dividing up
1: states. No way that's going to happen. Two small townships in the northeast corner of Madison County voted in favor of a referendum on the issue. That result is considered symbolic. Separation Illinois is hoping for a non-binding referendum across the whole county in the 2024 election. The organization says Madison County would be the largest in the state to vote on the issue. A $250,000 grant will help the St. Louis nonprofit Feed My People distribute more food to hungry people and direct them to other needed services. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, the money comes from the Economic Development Corporation of Jefferson County. Feed My People will spend some of the money on renovations to its food pantry in High Ridge to free up space so clients can pick and choose the food they take home instead of getting a pre-packed bag. Executive Director Christopher Boyer says it helps clients make personal connections with the nonprofit's volunteers who can direct them to other programs.
2: They've established a relationship with the pantry volunteers, and then they established relationships with the other agencies we sent them to. When you're in trouble, when you're in a crisis,
1: you feel all alone. Feed My People distributes food to 1,600 people a week in High Ridge and LeMay. Its leaders are now looking to buy a bigger building to serve more people. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Food lovers in St. Louis were in a state of doubt earlier this year when the only kosher restaurant in Missouri went up for sale. Loyal customers of Cone's Deli worried about what might change in a shop that's been in business since 1963. Those fears are now gone, as St. Louis Public Radio's Danny Wisentowski reports.
0: Cone's Deli is a St. Louis food institution, and on a recent visit to the shop in Crevecourt, the activity inside is pretty much the same as what you'd find there on any other day in its nearly 60 years of business. Customers line up at the butcher stand for fresh cuts of meat. They order sandwiches marketed for their killer pastrami. And there is nowhere else in Missouri where this is happening. Cohen's has served generations of Jewish people and food lovers alike, and today it stands as the state's only kosher grocery and restaurant. Yet earlier this year, news of the store going up for sale triggered many to worry that the beloved deli could be in danger of closing for good. But a local chef in St. Louis, A.J. Mall wasn't worried.
2: So I never believed that it was going to close down. I knew it was for sale and the secretly a whisper campaign within the Jewish community probably the past at least at least 5 years we knew that the the owners were looking to sell. So I wasn't worried it was going to close down, but a lot of people in our community were.
0: AJ is not new to the food business. He spent more than a decade in retail, starting at Schnucks as a teenager before moving on to catering and providing kosher food services at two local Jewish schools. But his newest venture, taking over operations as part owner of Cohen's.
2: I just knew they were looking for a buyer. And so they went public uh, with the sale in April. And I ended up making a a really good deal with partners on the East Coast. It's a major transition for
0: the longtime family-run deli, but Cohn's has experienced other changes in its six decades. It was opened in 1963 by two Holocaust survivors, Bobby and Simon Cohn, and as a modest butcher shop, the store thrived.
2: So, my first memory of Cones was I was eight years old. Uh, that's what I can remember as far back. I was about eight years old, and there was a different location of Cones. This is the third location. The one before my grandfather would take me, and my grandmother would go across uh, to the beauty shop. It was much smaller, so back then it was more butcher deli, and it's really just expanded.
0: This will be the first time a non-cone has run the store, though it will keep its name as a condition of the sale. In 1979, the store first passed to two cone siblings, Lenny and Rosemary, and now the mantle falls to Chef Mall. But one thing that isn't changing, the store's marquee offering, that killer pastrami sandwich.
2: Uh, I think it's because it's made in-house. Uh, we uh, use a brine injector machine, which most people would have to let the meat like sit for five days. We actually inject the brine in it, let it uh, sit for one day, so it gets us to get more flavor and in a quicker time, and then we have a proprietary spice blend. Running a place like Cones means a lot of
0: running around, managing a grocery, restaurant, bakery, and during the season, a food stand at Bush Stadium. With less than two weeks on the job, Mall is still working just to get up to speed.
2: Cones went into business in 1963, and this building that we're in right now was built in 1994. Uh, We're the last freestanding kosher market in the entire state, and if we went out of business, then people would not be able to get the kosher fresh foods that they wanted. You get frozen uh, kosher meat it's some of the bigger retail chains, but you're not gonna get specialty cuts.
0: The recent news that the deli will remain open, and as Cones came as a relief to its many loyal customers.
2: I mean, I just invite everybody to come yeah. down, get a killer pastrami, get an upside-down cupcake, say hello to me, I wanna build those relationships, and we can't wait to grow and expand in the market.
0: Whether you're there for its kosher selections, or because that pastrami sandwich really is killer, it's clear there is life at Cones, just as there's always been It's busy life, traditional and delicious. I'm Danny Wisentowski, St.
1: Louis Public Radio. Our Alex Hoyer edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.